Thank you. You'll be happy to know I'm not long-winded. <laughs> I don't believe God's through yet, and I want to do something that's kind of out of the ordinary for a church service. But you know, God does things out of the ordinary, doesn't he? And I, I want to ask you to stay seated. I've asked them to play the song, In the Presence of Jehovah, God Almighty. It's an instrumental song, except for the very last verse. We can sing it with them. But I want them to play that song. And this morning, I was thinking about Scripture. This isn't my sermon. This is just an extra thought. But God's so unique and so different, he surprises us. And one time, a sinner, a lady, some say she was a prostitute. I'm, I don't know. I don't recognize them. Unless you're down in some place you shouldn't be. And... Uh, but she was in the presence of Jesus and some Pharisees and probably a few of his disciples. And the Bible said twice in that verse, she was a sinner. And she came forward and knelt and washed Jesus' feet with her hair, with her tears, and wiped them with her hair. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. This morning you may be here as this song's playing. You may need to still come to the altar. Maybe you're a Christian. You're not serving God like you should. You know it. Or you just want to give your life to God. God's touched you this morning already and you're just saying, I don't know what to do. Just come and meet Jesus. You can kneel at this altar here right now. I'll play this song. I'm going to preach a little bit. I just felt like maybe there's others. If you've been, God may been dealing with you for weeks. Let's just listen to the song and you just kind of obey the Lord and do what you feel like you should do. Amen? Hallelujah. In the presence. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to spend time being the Lord. Yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah. Let's pray for 
Just pray. Just tell God what you need. You need to forgive. You need healing. Just receive it right now in Jesus' name. Power of God. God Almighty. I didn't touch your life this morning. Jesus, we love you. I want you, God. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me, God. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, Jesus. Heal me, Jesus. Whatever you need. God, move by your power. Hallelujah. Let him touch you this morning. Let him touch you this morning. Let him touch you this morning. Come here. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. sometimes believers I quit praying for revival I'm praying for a spiritual awakening of God's people many believers hearts aren't right they set the church maybe you need to run the altar and they say God I'm not living right I'm a hypocrite God wants us to be whole and pure and holy before him and happy before him true before him honest before him and he loves you he loves me. His power is awesome. His grace. You stand here and need the Holy Ghost. It's time to feel you right now. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. You start praying in a different language. Just thank God for it and rejoice. Feel a strange power going through your life. That's Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those of you who are still seated, don't get aggravated. When you hear the Spirit of God, just begin to Thank God today that he's able to touch all of us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. What do you want God to do? Help yourself this morning, folks. Oh, 
your prayers for being hungry. God bless you. God, I'm hungry. Glasses on, probably. Hallelujah. lift our hands one more time and just thank him for who he is. Lord, we're so grateful this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. You're here. You're a minister. You're touching. You're mending. You're healing. 
your empowering, your blessing, your strengthening. We thank you for Thank you for salvation, for forgiveness of sins, your mercy and your grace you long so. thoughts this morning about the glory of God. Moses, I'm going to probably not read a lot of scripture, but just tell the account. Moses came down from the mountain and broke the Ten Commandments, the tablets, and God dealt with them. Levites killed 3,000 of the Israelites in disobedience to God by worshiping a golden calf. Moses interceded for the children of God because God was going to kill them all. He said, you're going, to, you're going to take care of them and brought my name on the book. And God changed his mind and let them live. And, but he told them that they had certain things. Of course, he gave the Ten Commandments and all the, all the law. He was talking to Moses on the mountain, and Moses cried out, God, just show me your glory. I heard the pastor say that in the prayer room this morning. God, show us your glory. Give us your glory. And I thought about that. I thought, here's Moses, a man who had watched God open the Red Sea and swallow up the whole army of the Egyptian army, walked across the Red Sea on dry land, led the children, children of Israel through that, had watched all the miracles of purifying the water when it wasn't drinkable and giving them manna from heaven, he saw the fire of God come down on the tabernacle. He hadn't at this point, but he will have. Anyway, he was a man who saw many miracles. He saw the ten plagues of Egypt and how God dealt with that. And he said, show me your glory. You know, Paul was that way, the Apostle Paul. The Philippians, he called to God, God, that I might know thee and the power of your resurrection. If Paul didn't know God... And I don't think I ever will. And yet they were crying out with something in their heart. I want to read something this morning quickly. I was in the prayer room this morning. It's a powerful place to be before church starts. A good place to be. And I heard a lady cry out, I'm hungry! I'm hungry! I'm hungry! And I just happened to have a book I brought along said, Hungry for More of Jesus. This book was given to me by my mother years ago. I read it on an airplane, written by David Wilkerson. I was reading on an airplane. I was in ministry then, preaching and trying to build a large congregation. And I was right, flying along, reading this book in an airplane. wasn't thinking really about anything much. And I read this statement. If you want nothing but Christ then your ministry is not a career. Your ministry is prayer. And I burst out. I was happy no one was sitting beside me, but I took the book, and I just burst out in tears. I just turned like this and began to weep and sob. Because you see, I had a decent prayer life. I had morning devotions. I had prayer life. My prayer life was something like this. I know this is going to affect some of you here because you're in the same way. I would pray 15 minutes, then get up and go make a phone call. Then I might come back and pray five, ten minutes more, then go have a cup of coffee. My prayer life was divided. 
Because I didn't know how to wait on the Lord. And so, at that moment in the airplane, I made a promise to God. I am going to have a prayer life and not just a career of ministry. So I began to take time. I find that you had to change, you had to change your whole habit about, uh, about that. I'll read one more thing here. Our entrance into the kingdom of heaven, also called the new birth, results in the restoration of our legal authority as rulers on earth. I want you to get that. When you become born again as a child of God, you become reinstated to what Adam lost. He had authority on the earth. The second part. Then our baptism of the Holy Spirit results in the restoration of our power or ability to carry out that authority. Understanding these two concepts will enable us to be effective as we live out the culture of the kingdom of God on earth. I think a lot of people feel like, maybe we have, that the church is a, is a kingdom. church is part of the kingdom, but it's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is spirit-filled believers, lovers of Jesus, going out on a daily basis, if you please, at work where you are, revealing the power of God to those who don't know him. You have the power to lay hands upon the sick at the work, in the workplace. You have the power to talk to people about Jesus wherever you go. Holy before him. The Holy Ghost gives us the power to speak his name and do his works. Jesus is a spirit-filled man for the world, word, walked on earth and did his ministry. He told his disciples, you go and do likewise. He said that we could do the same works that he could do. Well, the only way he did them was the power of the Holy Spirit, not because he was God. He laid that down, became a man, thank God. We have that power. I want to encourage you as believers to realize that. But Moses called me, let me see the glory of God. We often reduce that or magnify it to great lights or maybe a, a great service. And all that stuff could be enrolled in the glory of God. I want you to, I want to give you a scripture in Isaiah. This is the way it is in heaven, if you want to know. Isaiah chapter... Six, I just tell you. Isaiah chapter six says there are seraphims, archangels, angels around the throne of God. They have one job to do. I see the Bible anyway. There's an angel in every direction, north, south. I'm getting mixed up here. Where's north? North, south, east, west. There's an angel, a seraphim. They're crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Now, I don't believe that over time they get tired of that. They're going, holy, holy, holy. I believe that every time they say that, they're seeing a new facet of God's power, God's grace. God's greatness and saying, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Then says, Glory to God. God is glorious. He wants us to understand He's a glorious God. 
Moses said this. Moses, let me see your glory. And God said, well, I'll have to hide you because you can't handle all seeing me and all my splendor. So I'm going to hide you behind the rock. And I'm going to pass by, and you'll see my glory. And I was standing behind this old boy. I'm going to find out what the glory of God is. I'm going to share it with congregations. So this morning I'm sharing it to you, and I found out what it was. The Bible usually answers itself. In chapter 33 of Exodus, the Bible said, God said, and he said, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and show mercy to whom I am merciful. Then he says in verse 34, gives the account again in chapter 34, he says, and, uh, and the Lord des- descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, generations, forgiving transgressions and sin. What he showed Moses was just goodness. The glory of God is the goodness of God. It's the attributes of God. It's the nature of God. It's what God is. I personally believe this is why in Genesis, after he made man, he made all the animals, stars, and all the stuff, he said, it's good. And when he made man, he said, it's very good. Why? Because we were made in the image of God to reveal and be the glory of God. We are a glorious nation. We're a royal priesthood. A holy nation to bring God's goodness into our life. I believe God wants us to serve Him with all our hearts. We live in a day now when it's hard to tell who's real believers and who isn't. A lot of people talk about Jesus. A lot of people get happy about Jesus. When we go home, I was I do prayer walking in neighborhoods. I go around. I got a vest on my back. Says prayer walker. The reasons I have a vest is because people are scared today and you who's know, my neighborhood. So I pray for them. I don't knock on doors, I just talk to people cutting their grass or whatever. I was walking down I heard, hey, hey, prayer walking, hey. I stopped and had to go back on a block. Young man in his garage, had a little baby there. And he said, uh, what's a prayer walker? So I said, duh. I said, well, it's a person who walks and prays. He said, oh. And he said, man, I'm a Christian. He got up and shook my hands. And I'm, I'm great. I said, That's just great. That's great. We got a lady come in the house. And I said, this must be your wife. He said, no, not, no, not quite. He said, oh, you're shacking up. He said, well, well, sort of. How do you, how do you sort of shack up? So, in my tactful way, I just said, you know, you know Jesus loves you. You're claiming his name. But you're not living for God. You can't live in doctrine and fornication and, and fulfill the Bible scripture of a Christian. And not only that, you're raising a child out of wedlock. But you know, you may, you, may, you may love Jesus in your own heart, but God wants you clean. 
He wants you holy before Him. He wants you, He loves you today. You hard, you hard for me to come over. And so I'm just saying, and believe God's telling you today through me. You know, you need to, you need to straighten up your life. I'm going to pray for you. And so I prayed, and He thanked me, and I left. You know, and my heart touches that. Because people believe something around. How they can believe in that, and they can still go to heaven and do all the things that people do, but they do. It's because of, I know the love of God, and the, the great message is a great a great message on grace, but grace is not a license to sin. Grace gives you to be able to have enough grace to live above sin. The power of God is. Well, they're not here to, to heal the world. They're not the world. They're the church this morning. But God wants, wants his love and his power to be known, and he wants us as believers to take the gospel. Francis Payne, Francis Franger Payne, said this. I love it. It challenged my life. If you're ever going to be holy, am I talking too fast this morning, Mallory? You okay? Good. I have a tendency to talk fast, but I want you to hear this. If you're ever going to be holy, we must sever the chains, restraints, and bondages of just wanting to be average. We must leave the camp of the familiar and pitch our tent in the presence of God. When Moses was doing all this work here, he had taken, he had gone outside the camp of the Israels and built a, a temporary tabernacle. And he went there and sought God. And they might have brought sacrifices, I don't know. But he went out and found himself. And this statement says, the, and this really hit me years ago, the, uh, the camp of the familiar. You know, we have a lot of things that are familiar, we're familiar with as Christians, that robs our time. I can think of one big one. Name it. There's two or three now. Television. Computers. There I say, cell phones. I was in Walmart the other day. The lady was sitting on a bench there and looked kind of forlorn. And I was walking by. She was saying, I'm just feeling bad and I'm doing all this stuff. I said, ma'am, are you okay? She said, no, I'm just talking to a friend of mine on the phone. Show me your earpiece. Thank God, you can't even witness now. They are talking to somebody on the phone. <coughs> you must enjoy life while you're out there, right? <coughs> we have a lot of things. We allow the familiar. We allow those things we're familiar. We're, we're allow. <coughs> Sometimes I used to go a lot and have coffee. Nothing wrong with having coffee. Nothing wrong with meeting friends. Nothing wrong with having relationships. But, you know, I'd find myself sometimes in the morning really in the presence of God, getting in the Word, praying, worshiping. I look at my watch. Oh, I don't even get coffee. <clears throat> Left the presence of God. We go have good fellowship, but it's not like that. You know what I mean? So sometimes we have to evaluate as Christians. What are we doing with our time? Time is short. We all say that and believe it. Jesus can come any time. And God wants us to be at our best. And He'll just, if you'll just... Ask him, Lord, show me how I can serve you, how I can honor you. I have to get in a quiet place before the Lord. God wants us in a quiet place. And you may not like this lady I'm going to talk about, but she was a Catholic. Her name is Mother Teresa. I wish I could date her. She's gone to heaven now. She said this, In the silence of heart, God 
projeter Dieu. When you approach God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. And then you will know you're nothing. Well, it's only in that realization we come to Him in our nothingness and emptiness that He will fill us with Himself. Get that down your spirit. That's a powerful statement. When we get out of ourselves, spend time with God, He can fill us with Himself. Moses saw the presence of God, the holiness of God, and God's goodness. You know, that's what God wants us to have. He just wants us to show forth His goodness, His love, His power, and His might. We all have life. We all have attitudes. We all have temperament. We all have giftings and talents. We all have situations sometimes. I know because I'm a human being, it's easy to get out of sorts sometimes. I'm trying to learn to keep my mouth shut when I should and open it when I should. There's a difference when you seek God to stay in His presence and ask Him to change your life. The first thing that will happen is you, you get terribly convicted of all the junk in your own life, your attitude, what you do with your time, how you treat people, how you treat your dog, maybe. I brought you a dog, but but God wants us so much to get before Him where we can spend time in His presence. And He will become real. He'll become so real to your heart and life. Now, I, you might say, well, you're talking to Christians. I know it. Well, I went for years and didn't know how to get in the presence of God and wait on Him to hear His voice. His voice don't come through here. His voice comes through here. Now, somewhere down there, there's a spirit. I don't know how it all works. I don't listen to my head much. It'll, it'll tell you all kinds of stuff. But when it comes now from my spirit, just to know something. Like that song we sang a while ago. I, I was playing this week, and I kept coming up, down here. Play that song. I play to myself in the presence of Jehovah. And I just get anointed, if we can use that word. Just knew the presence of God was there. And I pray today. I pray for a move of the Spirit of God today. And I think we had one. I have more than I felt the presence of God. I thank you, musicians, for blessing me with your songs. Thank you, Bill, for inviting me. Thank you, my congregation, for hearing and listening. I just pray that God will just bless this church with his power and might and glory. And this morning, I want to I just wrap this up this morning. And I want to bless you with another song. And there again, I want you to listen to this. I don't think I need to pray and let Bill come and close the service if he needs to. But there's a song I want you to listen to again. See, I believe in the power of words. I can make you happy with words or I can make you feel miserable with words. Words are powerful. That's why we have the Word of God. It's powerful. Let's give you a scripture about healing. We have more sick folks, or as many sick folks in the church as we do anywhere else. I hate sickness. I hate it. I hate sin. 
adults with my brother at the age 53. I hate sickness. I, I walk in health, and I'm glad of it. But I walk in health because I use the Word of God. I know there's a lot of teaching about confession that people don't like. But the problem is we confess stuff all the time. But usually it's negative. We confess what God says about us. God says we can be healed. A miracle of healing, or a healing, instant healing, is a miracle. Then there's healing, I call it faith healing, or healing by the Word of God. In the Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, it says, My son, give your ear to my words. Hear my word. It says, actually says, attend to my word. Like a teacher would say, attention, attention. Attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life and healing to all your flesh. One of the greatest scriptures you can confess daily is, Verse 224, by his stripes we are healed, were healed, were healed. Now I say it for some of you who are fighting different physical things. I've confessed the word sometimes for months. I'll tell you one funny story. They'll tell you some things about me and things about my family. I have a son in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Loves the Lord. He has, they, they, my children, my daughter's here, she's with me, but my two boys, my youngest one said, yeah, they, Dad, I'm so admirable of you getting sick and then just praying and believing God and taking time to get well. I used to go get a shot. <laughs> Probably quicker. Anyway, I had a hip that was bothering me. Pain and I'd walk and pain. I used to still walk and still function, but it hurt all the time. So I don't tell too many people when well, I get a pain or something because they give you all kinds of advice and tell you you're going to die. Be careful. And so I have comments from him, and I was praying, talking to him one day, and I said, Joel, would you mind praying for my hip and agree with me? I'm getting tired of that thing. It hurts a lot. I haven't been to the doctor or anything, but it just, it just bothers me. I want to walk right. Huh? I said, okay, let's pray, Dad. They pray. In his prayer, he said something like this. Lord, just help Dad to be healed, if he's wearing his billfold in the wrong pocket, or something like that's causing a, a, a pain in his leg, help him to take care of him, blah, blah, blah. And that caught my ear. And so I, I had my billfold, and this isn't full of money, it's just full of credit cards and stuff. It's pretty thick. And I was wearing it <laughs> in my right pocket. So I thought, well, that was God. Well, I said that. So I did it. Two weeks later, no pain. I haven't had no pain since. Well, I get pain once while I normal. told him about So I called him. What a great power of God's son I have. So I called him and said, Joel, we are praying in a week about my heel. My, my hip's all healed. Did God speak to you about that billfold? He said, oh, no, Dad. I saw that on Seinfeld. <laughs> George Costanza, I guess, has got a billfold like that. But, <laughs> hey, I'm wild. I don't care how we find it. 
God used it for, my, for his glory anyway. Amen. This song, I want you to listen to it carefully. It will give you great hope for the future. Some of you might have heard it. It's a song sung by the, the, the same group, the Martins. It's called The Promise. Just sit and listen to it, and then Bill can come and go on with the service. We won't still close. Uh, I just want to thank you for being here. Listen to this song. It really will encourage you about the present and the future. 